episode number 86. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor-Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So I have a story for you today that doesn't involve my husband, (laughs) which is refreshing. And quite frankly, it's important to me that you know that while we may have familiar triggers in our lives, we also may have stuck spots that are not familiar And it's important to be able to learn how to cope and get unstuck from them just as much as we get unstuck from the familiar ones. This story has to do with something that happened in my community just a couple of days ago, actually. And the only reason that I feel comfortable sharing it with you is because I don't even know who the person I got upset with even is. What? Okay, so here's the story. So I live in an intentional community. This community is intentional because of the values it upholds. These values have been and continue to be discussed and agreed upon by its members. So one of the values we have regards the Sabbath, in which observing the Sabbath in communal areas or like public spaces is expected. But inside your home, you can choose to do what you wish. So for example, it is not permitted to strike a match on the Jewish Sabbath. So you wouldn't see people having a barbecue in our community on the Sabbath. But if someone wants to light a candle or cook on an open range inside their home, they can. Another rule we have agreed upon is that in our synagogue on the Sabbath, there are no musical instruments. And despite the fact that we have a large range of people living here, from non-religious to very religious, this is a rule that has been discussed and agreed upon. Now, at the same time, I, along with a couple of other community members, started a band a couple of years ago. It's not a rock band. It's more like a religious prayer band, actually. And we play for different occasions when it's not the Sabbath. And the only times that we have played on the Sabbath is when the Sabbath comes in late, which is the summertime, and we can lead our musical prayer services before the Sabbath comes in, inside the synagogue. So in other words, right now we're in winter. And the community prayer services in the synagogue begin at five o'clock in the evening. So for us to be able to bring our musical prayer services into the synagogue would mean that we'd have to start at like four in the afternoon. And well, you know, no one's going to come to prayer services at four in the afternoon. And I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm just saying that from experience. And so, because we are not allowed to do our thing most of the year, what we started doing about a year ago is meeting once a month in my home. 
and doing these prayer services at the same time as the synagogue does theirs. It's not meant to be a competition of any sort, but it's just what it is. And it's really been okay from my perspective, at least. There are enough people to hold the synagogue prayer services, while other people come to our house for our services. And when we're done, people walk up to the synagogue for the second part of the services so that we can be together at the end of the evening. So I know it's not ideal to kind of split the community like this, but there hasn't been a real conversation about what to do, even though I've tried to push for a conversation like this for at least a year and a half. And that's just another story, which I'll get to maybe in a second. But the fact of the matter is, there are many people in our community that love and want what we're doing. And in fact, there are many people who come to our musical services who don't otherwise come to the traditional prayer services. And in my eyes, I see that as something really important. Like there's a real place and value for what we are doing in the community. Okay, anyway, that's the background. And now here's the story. I may or may not change around the genders from he to she, or she to he, so that anybody in my community who might be listening to this will for sure have no clue about whom I'm speaking. The truth of the matter is it's not about who, this story is really about the what. So the group spoke last week about meeting at my house this past Friday night at around a quarter to five. And there were many people who told me that they would be coming, including one friend who last minute on Friday sent me a message saying that he wouldn't be coming. So I called him because I was really curious about what was going on. And basically what I understood was that someone else in our community voiced her opinion that my friend really should be going to synagogue, like not coming to my house. Now, I don't know for sure with whom my friend spoke. And I don't know what words were used and what exactly was said. But nonetheless, I got really, really upset. Because who was this person to have the audacity to call out someone else making their own decision about where they should pray on a Friday night? Like, what? I was like, I, m speechless. I mean, my jaw dropped when I heard what happened. I, I truly believe that no one should ever make someone else feel badly for any decision they make in their lives, but especially when it comes to prayer or making religious decisions. Like, really? Someone was trying to take them away from what we were trying to create in my house? Really? I mean, I certainly wasn't pressuring my friend to be with us. He's an adult, and he can make his own decisions. He chose to be with us, at least initially, because he loves what we've created, 
And this other person comes around, makes him feel bad, and he ultimately chooses not to show up. I mean, I was really upset. And that's when I realized this was just a stuck moment. You know, on one of the free classes I offered this month, someone asked me, Shira, how do you catch yourself? How do you know when you're stuck? How do you know when you need to get unstuck? And for me, it's, it's just a feeling. It's like an emotion of feeling not whole or off balance somehow or not calm or not in control. You know, like feeling I could just go on and on with talking or yelling or screaming or whatever the situation is. And in this situation, it was like trying to get in the last word. I just kept saying how wrong the other person was, trying to convince my friend that she was right. So to me, that's stuck. A person not stuck wouldn't be trying to convince anyone of anything. A person not stuck would just be actually accepting the situation as it is, learning from it, and deciding from a place of wisdom how to respond. And I was not doing that. And so knowing I was stuck, I took myself through the stuck method to get myself unstuck. I was actually driving the car during this conversation, and it was in the midst of the conversation that I got myself unstuck. Like, literally within seconds, I went from furious to loving. This is how. S, I took a brief stop. I took a breath, and by doing so, I allowed myself to step out of the story for a second, kind of like, you know, taking a step back. T, I told myself I was stuck on fury, and I allowed myself to feel what fury felt like. I noticed myself gripping the wheel. You, I uncovered some thoughts, the first of which was, what nerve that person had for basically making my friend feel badly for choosing to come to our house on Friday night. I mean, like, no one has the right to make anyone feel badly about anything. And then I investigated that belief. Did that person make my friend feel badly? And my answer was no, that person did not, because no person could make another person feel badly. That person was simply expressing her opinion. It was my friend who allowed himself to feel badly and subsequently choose to change his decision. And so, see, I considered that The person who voiced her opinion was not at fault. She and everyone in the world has every right to voice their opinion. It is up to us, the receivers of that opinion, to decide what we want to do with it. My friend did not have to listen or get influenced by what was said. He did, but he didn't have to. And I also considered that it's okay if 
he suddenly thought twice and felt he had made a wrong decision, then he's entitled to change his mind, just like anyone else, and, and it's okay. And beyond all of this, I actually considered I was glad all of this happened, because it really reinforced in my mind the really important need to have a conversation about what's going on here. And even if there is one person in this community who isn't interested in even having this conversation, it doesn't mean it can't happen. There are plenty of people who are interested in talking openly about this to see what we can decide maturely as a community. I am confident there are creative ways we can go about this if we just have a conversation. For instance, just today, someone suggested to me that on Friday nights where there are outside visiting groups and we as a community have to find another place to pray because our synagogue isn't big enough to hold our community, in addition to the outside groups, well, that could be an ideal time for us to host our alternative service. It would just mean doing a little bit of coordinating But again, we need to have that conversation to make that happen, or even see if that's of interest to the community. So as I continued to drive, I told myself it was okay that I got stuck in fury. It happens. And I told myself that not only was it okay for that person to voice her opinion, it just really shows that She was speaking from her heart and from her truth, just like I was. I am not in any way mad at that person. How can I be? She was simply speaking from her heart. And I only became mad when I felt threatened, I guess. But I realized I had no need to feel that. And I'm not saying that from a place of competition. I'm saying that from a place of truth. I was standing in my own truth, she was standing in hers, and there's no reason we both can't stand in each other's truths and not be at peace. And from that place, I truly felt at peace and even at love with her. And the same thing for my friend, the one who decided not to join me, although in the end he did. There was no reason for me to feel anything differently. This is one of the beauties and challenges of living in a small, intentional community. But if the members can recognize we all have our best intentions set ahead of us, and that we only want the best for our community, and that we know how to get unstuck when things like this happen, we can recognize how we can best move forward, learn from what happened, and do our best to continue creating a living and breathing intentional community that meets the needs and desires of its members. I love my community, and if you're ever in Israel, I'd love for you to stop by and visit me. So what about you? Where in your life, and I'm sure you have experienced this somewhere in your life, Where in your life has someone said something and you were like, how could that person have said that? Or like, what nerve they had to say that? Can you think of a time someone in your life did that? 
Can you remember how you reacted? If yes, see if you can consider that that person had every right to voice his or her opinion. In fact, you could even go as far to say when they are voicing their opinion, they're being generous, right? Because they're sharing. You may not like what they're sharing, but they are sharing. And it's up to you to decide how you want to respond to that. It's such a good lesson, isn't it? It's a simple story with a really valuable lesson. I really hope you can take some of this into your own life today. After I finish recording this week's episode, I'm going to be offering another free class. This week's class is on why you shouldn't make New Year's resolutions. Remember, I only send out the invitations to those people who are on my newsletter. So if you are interested to partake in any of these free classes and you're not on my newsletter, you can do so by simply going to my website, www.shiragura.com forward slash free guide. And while you're there, you'll pick up your free gift from me, which you can download and hang on your refrigerator or at work to remind you and maybe others how to practice getting unstuck in your life. So it's a win-win. If you don't have the free guide or you haven't subscribed to my newsletter yet, definitely do so now. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can do that right away. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.shiragura.com.